Definitely Baby acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands on which we record today, the Turrbal people and the Wurundjeri Willem and Boonarong peoples of the Kulin Nation. This always was and always will be First Nations land. Welcome to Definitely Baby, a podcast that shares parents' unique stories of their transitions into the world of parenthood and the profound identity and relationship changes that accompany it. I hope this podcast is a supportive, comforting and inspiring resource for you, no matter where you are on your parenting journey. Let's muddle through the ups and downs of parenthood together and find solace in the knowledge that we're not alone. Every parenting journey is full of surprises, but if you can count on one thing, it's definitely baby. Hello, lovely people. Hope you're having a great day so far. I just wanted to jump on and say a quick hello before today's beautiful episode. Yeah, so a few of you messaged me after the start of Amy's episode a couple of weeks back, as I'd yeah mentioned, feeling a bit disheartened after our hospital visit but I'm pleased to tell everyone that we have found an independent midwife that we're going to go with for the birth and so I'm feeling just so relieved and such a weight off my mind and so much more hopeful and I have that vigor back that fire in my belly for my V back and I'm feeling yeah feeling really happy and really good once again not as disheartened (laughs) so yeah thanks so much for your messages And I'll probably do a proper kind of pregnancy, birth plans, all of that update um, in a later episode soon. But yeah, let's get into it. In today's episode of the show, we are joined by Nicole. Nicole and her husband are parents to two boys who are seven and four years old. Now, Nicole has recently started working as a sleep consultant after her own personal experience of sleep deprivation with her first son, about seven years ago. She was having a lot of issues with his sleep. She was feeling like she just couldn't do it anymore. And when he was about six months old, her sister-in-law suggested she see a sleep consultant and it absolutely changed her life. So she was a huge advocate to everybody she knows that um, they should go see a sleep consultant as well. And that sleep deprivation doesn't have to be the way for parents to have to get through parenthood. And that has led to her becoming super passionate about her role and her work now as a sleep consultant in helping families out. So it was really beautiful to hear how she's found that and all of those, all of those things. We also get to hear about her births, her postpartums and her relationship and identity changes that have come with her own transition into parenthood. I hope you enjoy today's episode and here is Nicole now. Hi Nicole, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, it's great to have you. Could you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your family? I would love to. So I'm Nicole. Um, I have two boys um, who are seven, one is seven and one has just turned four and a wonderful husband. Um, We've been married almost nine years now. So um, yeah, and the boys keep me very busy along with work and life and everything else. My husband is very busy with his work, so he's away a lot. So often it's just me and the boys. So yeah. 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 Oh, great. And they must be, you know, your seven-year-old must be in school and then your four-year-old's not far away. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, So I have both. I have both at school next year, which actually crazy enough is cheaper than childcare. So I look forward to that. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes, I know. Childcare is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So have them both. It will be really great. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Lovely. Yeah. And can we start with your um, seven-year-old? So Elliot, could you give us a 
brief summary of your pregnancy and your birth yeah. and your postpartum period with you? I would love to. So um, we got married, Nick and I got married in November and he um, was quite keen to get started straight away. But I kind of thought, oh, let's get mm-hmm. through like the silly season um, and maybe we will think about trying in the new year. Um, and so I've always been like quite regular periods and all that so I never thought that there'd be any issues um but it actually did take us six months to get pregnant which was um quite a shock every month and like obviously it's not you know anything like some people experience but for us um for me six months was a long time so when we did finally get pregnant it was very exciting um and um it was but in terms of the pregnancy it was my first um I'm used to um I'm a Kiwi obviously but have never had a child but I'm used to kind of the New Zealand um uh, what's the word like pregnancy way that they do it there um and they all have private midwives or they all have midwives midwives are standard practice in New Zealand and so I didn't know anything about obstetricians or like the public system or you know the private system um and so I thought well I'm pregnant like get a midwife I suppose um but didn't realize that you actually have to go and find a private midwife <laughs> yeah you don't yeah. just kind of give them get given them like you do in New Zealand so um I definitely wanted to do that I had a private so it was about six I was about 16 weeks pregnant before I actually figured out that you have to go and find a private midwife and I was <laughs> not really interested in the public system where they um you just see a midwife there's not that continuation of care yeah so when I found out that you can actually get a private midwife I was straight on that and so I found a wonderful midwife who um looked after me from yeah around 16 to 18 weeks pregnant with Elliot um and look I didn't I wasn't like I wanted to have like a home birth or anything like that I definitely wanted to have a baby in the hospital but when I talked to her about um, having the baby in the hospital they actually have like a birth center which I'm sure is all over the country where it's kind of like a home like kind of like a home birth but not at home you're in the hospital mm, yeah. um, but you don't really I guess have a lot of intervention um, mm. and there and like if you did like you absolutely could if you needed to have a um anything emergency cesarean or any pain relief and that kind of stuff the birth suites were like literally at the end other end of the hallway so it was all very oh, like yeah all close by have, yeah. yeah it could just be down the road so it was really great yeah. and I never had kind of thought about what I how I wanted to deliver Elliot but my midwife was like you know you can have a water birth if you want I was like oh, okay sure like she's like just sign this form and it just means that like <laughs> if you happen to want to have a water birth at the time you can go in and you've agreed to it all I was like okay great <laughs> and yeah so when we actually when I was actually in labor and went was at the hospital they were like filling up the bath and I was like oh okay I'll get in there I suppose for some pain relief um and again never really kind of thought about having a water birth but it just happened to um be that actually the water was a really great place to be while I was um in labor and then yeah ended up having a very um, wonderful water birth with Elliot. It was amazing. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it was great. For mm. a first time birth, I think I was very lucky in terms of it all very, being very, very straightforward. Yeah, great. I went into labour on my due date. Um, yeah, oh, wow. there was not even <laughs> so any. Rare. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think mm. it was like three or four percent. Actually, I don't know. Mm, but it's um, very. I think three percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So very. Um, wonderful normal Mm. if you want to call it normal um (laughs) delivery and he was absolutely perfect um when he came out so yeah and I remember looking at him and just like laughing to my midwife and saying oh he's like he's not even ugly (laughs) like you know he's come out and they're like aliens all wrinkled yeah he's not even ugly like he's actually really cute um yeah so that was kind of our birth how how long was your labor in total very quick um oh he was born at three in the morning and I think I got like my first contractions around midday um Mm. but not really much and I think we ended up going up to the hospital 
I can't even remember. It was probably about 11 or something. And we were, it was very quick, say four hours of active labor or something. Very, very quick. And yeah, like no, no dra- long dragged out anything. Yeah. It was very quick. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then it all went downhill, Chelsea. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I laugh How about it now. Was. I think I laugh because yeah. um, what else do you do? But I oh, know. Um, Humor is a great coping mechanism, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I think obviously first time you kind of don't really know what you're doing. It's kind of strange to even think back so long ago, but you kind of don't know what you're doing, but you kind of think you do and you do all the courses and I did the breastfeeding course and I did the, oh, I don't even know what you do, all of the stuff. I read all of the books, had all the books, but I don't think anything can truly prepare you for that first kind of um, few weeks at home with the baby mm. um I thought my mum actually was like a in New Zealand it's called La Leche but it's like Australia like kind of like the breastfeeding association she was like all involved in that and like all oh, like breastfeeding so wonderful and do it and which I totally agree but yeah I was and I did the course and but I just had no idea and I thought I did and I really had no idea and I've got big boobs and they were ginormous yeah yeah. I just yeah it was just um (laughs) the breastfeeding part was a nightmare for us and so like a couple of weeks in like it was obviously sore and you think it's sore and then you're obviously getting checked he was getting weighed all the time and he just wasn't gaining weight at all and I think at some point it was really like failure to thrive. So wasn't, I think about four weeks, he still was, he was still at like birth weight. Um, so really um, underweight. And even though I had my midwife coming all the time, which was so wonderful, I don't know whether um, we just didn't have a good start and I just didn't get the milk supply up or whether I just, I don't know, that I was so stressed, who knows? I don't know the answer, mm. but I also had a mastitis quite severely when he was about four weeks old. So it was all kind of happening. I had really bad, my nipples were like, and still are, mm. <laughs> um, mm. and really bad mastitis. So it was so bad. And they actually um, thought it was a galactoseal at one point which I don't know if you know what a galactoseal is, no, but it's just like a milk-filled um, duct, kind of blocked. But, um, yeah, so a galactoseal or something along those lines. Anyway, um, they thought it was that, and I was, like, massaging it and had this awful sore boob. And then um, I went to a breast surgeon because it still wasn't going away, and I ended up having this ab breast abscess so it was like undiagnosed breast abscess for about two weeks so he was about six weeks old at this point when I discovered that it was actually an abscess and at that time I was Mm. finishing with my midwife as well because you only get six weeks yeah so we had that and then he was failing to thrive so then I was trying to like express every two hours day and night to up my supply and then also um then having to be basically told that I need to give him formula, which for me was probably the worst part of that whole thing. Mm. And I still get emotional about it now, but it's so ridiculous Mm. um, because he was such a happy baby after that, once I gave him Mm. that formula and he could actually take in like the um, full amount that he needed so he was then Mm. gaining weight but he and I still was kind of mixed feeding him to about four months really yeah okay yeah yeah so that was kind of our start which was very rough Um, that sounds rough I'm sorry a lot of guilt yeah a lot of guilt Mm. around having to give him formula um yeah so ridiculous so ridiculous yeah I hope that no one can ever feel will ever feel like that because I will be the first person to say give the baby a bottle like just give the baby a bottle and my friend who didn't even have a baby at the time said that to me she was like just give him a bottle Nicole like what are you doing Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. 
yes, I recall her saying that to me and I had a wonderful time sharing that with her when she had her first and was struggling as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was our mm. kind of first four months, really. Yeah. 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 Well, all of that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really hard. And yeah, I think it's, it, it's so hard when you don't know what you're doing at the start. It's all very yeah. confusing and the messaging everywhere is that breast is best. And it's yeah. just like, just try a bit harder and it'll be fine kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah, um, even some people, someone was telling me that even on the formula packets, it says breast is best and things yeah. like that. So it's, it's constant. It's all around you. Yeah. So, so yeah. understandable that you felt that guilt. I think yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah. 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 So unnecessary. Yeah. 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 And formula is made like yeah. in some ways almost better than not better than breast milk we shouldn't say that but <laughs> there's so much science and research that goes into formula it, it, you know particularly yeah. the like baby formula not maybe so much with the toddler stuff but that baby formula it's like uh, I, almost identical to to breast milk so yeah totally totally yeah yes yeah so that was us in terms of him and us kind of learning each other and me becoming a mum it's really hard yeah 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 and how sleep with him yes so I think he was just my troublesome child actually I do say that um (laughs) hey Michelle next one was almost like my redo so uh Elliot it was kind of strange because I think at the start, maybe because he was so underweight and tired from not eating, he slept really well. And I think, you know, I hear that every day from people that I talk to is that, um, oh, they were such a beautiful um, newborn. They slept so well. Uh, like I think he was, he did, he slept really well. Um, and then he didn't. <laughs> and then mm. at about, I think like it was probably about three or four months and and really now I know it was probably around that time. I don't actually fully recall how old he was, but it was around that three to four month mark where um, I now know that their sleep, his sleep cycles matured and he went Mm. from having a newborn baby sleep cycles, which are like three to four hours, sorry, four to six hours to um, adult or um, more age, like age appropriate sleep cycles, which are like two mm. to four hourly. And in fact, the sleep cycles during the day were very um, prominent. And he was a chronic catnapper. So he um, only would sleep for 45 minutes. If he slept during the day, it was only 45 minutes. Um, Often he wasn't even sleeping at all during the day and through the night, like it was kind of hit and miss. And I think it was probably just, he was so, in some days he was so overtired that he would literally just conk out at night. Um, Mm. But during the day, he was only sleeping, yeah, 45 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, like just so extremely overtired um, and not knowing kind of how to go back to sleep on his own, not knowing how to link those sleep cycles. And I didn't know what to do. I was um, first time mum. No one really told me that sleep cycles are even a thing and that this is what's going on here. Um, And I was uh, wrecked because I felt like I just wasn't getting a break. Like you kind of hope that they have a nap so you can have a little rest. You can maybe catch up on things, do some housework, have a nap yourself, just watch some TV, catch up on TV that you really want to watch or the series that you're watching. Um, But I could like time it. He would go to sleep and 45 minutes, even less than, he would be eyes open, wide awake. Um, Mm. And I just was exhausted and uh, manic in some ways because I just wasn't, I was probably so anxious about he's just going to wake up, he's just going to wake up, when's he going to wake? Like that anxiety around sleep was... um, yeah, very, very awful. And I hated, I hated it. I hated um, 
even having to like be at home with him because I'm like, he's just never going to sleep. Um, at least maybe if we're out. Um, and so I would just do all of the things mm. sometimes, um, yeah, just to get him in the car, just to go to sleep or, um, I would just sit at home and think, oh, well, put him in the rocker. If he sleeps, he doesn't. Um, I'm just going to sit here and think that this is shit Um, Mm. because it was. And I didn't really feel like anyone around me was experiencing the same things as well. Like maybe, um, I think, I want to say times have changed, Um, but maybe I think people Mm -hmm. talk a bit more about sleep these days, but I definitely didn't. I think so, yeah. I didn't hear anything from any of the parents around me that their kids were only sleeping for 45 minutes at a time and I just had no clue Mm. um and I remember going home to New Zealand um when Elliot was about four months old and um just like putting him down to bed and saying to mum oh he'll be up in 45 minutes like I just know it Mm. and like my sister-in-law saying to me like oh well you know like he's in bed so even if he's a awake he's still like resting I'm like that he's like awake like he's yep sure he's Mm. resting in bed but he's awake and I was like that trip home was a nightmare for me I recall um being um very very down I probably wouldn't say depressed like I don't think I've ever really felt depressed um but just really probably so anxious that I was depressed um and just knew that he was never going to sleep and I didn't know what to do. So, yeah, that was um, my life for the next few months, wow. um, which was rough. And some people put up with it. My words are probably really wrong, but uh, put up with it is probably not the right <laughs> word, but think that it will get better for so much longer because I think I did I was like oh it will get better it will get better and people really are so exhausted and tired for months and months and months but actually he was six months old and I just couldn't do it anymore so I was like done I'm like I need to do something um and thank for me thankfully my sister-in-law said to me the same one that was like it's okay you know she's great I do love Mm -hmm. her um she said that you know you can actually get a sleep consultant like a sleep consultant is a person that exists and that's their job is to like help people with their babies. I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. I want to do that. And so I got in touch with a sleep consultant and of course, you know, she changed my life. Um, You know, Elliot was then, we discovered that he was probably really overtired and needed to learn to go to sleep on his own. And once we figured out that and got him to sleep on his own, he could then sleep longer and then was then sleeping better during the day and then meant he was sleeping better at night as well so okay it was just a life-changing moment Mm. for me it really totally changed my life yeah and yeah I just um love about what I do Mm. so that was Elliot (laughs) yeah yeah did you get into your sleep consultancy work before Hamish came along no so um I was just after that I was just like convinced that everybody needed to know that there is another way that um, you do not have to be sleep deprived um, and that it's just torture and you just do not need to be tortured like that. Um, And I just told everybody and anybody I knew that had children um, that, you know, that you can actually get help and, you know, this person exists. And um, I was just more like an advocate for Mm -hmm. um, getting help with, baby sleep um, because I was more of an advocate yes for the children they absolutely need sleep for their development and growth but for the parents like I was looking at all of my friends and saying you need to like get on this like you need to um, like look into it at least Um, and I didn't know what I was doing I didn't have the answers um, about what they should do I had a rough idea but I just always encourage them to reach out to someone that did and um, some some listened and some didn't. And I think that's still kind of really where we're at with sleep sleep consultants um, because, 
yeah, you know, each to their own and everyone, you know, needs to kind of go in their own journey. But for me, I just don't want any parent to be sleep deprived ever because it's just not necessary. So sleep, hard. <laughs> yeah, sleep is yeah. Um, sleep is a necessity. It's not a luxury that we get when our kids are seven. Um, it is something that we should all be able to have, you know, very early early ish on yeah um, mm, and I'm just mm. an advocate for that um, for parents should not be sleep deprived yeah yeah yep, totally we kind of wear <laughs> sleep deprivation is like this badge of honor like oh I'm a parent and um I'm sleep deprived like and and that's kind of like everyone should be like really proud and I just think like I just don't think that you need to be proud of being sleep deprived because um <laughs> There's just another way. There is another life um, beyond, um, you know, waking up every two hours overnight. My God. Yes. So challenging. <laughs> Those yeah. periods. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. So could then you take us through your pregnancy, your birth with Hamish and then kind of your postpartum. How did, how did your newfound uh, love and advocacy yeah. for sleep? Yeah. <laughs> um, <come> I, <laughs> So obviously Elliot um, scarred me for a long time um, and I really wasn't keen on, um, I knew I did want to have two at least, well, you know, two. Um, I did want to have another baby. I did want to um, potentially have a, bo- a girl, um, which is like almost like another issue. Man, we've all got so many issues, don't we? Um <laughs> I definitely did want to have a girl. So, yes, I did want to have another baby. And, but I needed, I wanted to wait and I needed to mentally like wait. My husband was very keen to try very soon, but I wasn't ready at all. And I don't think we, I didn't get pregnant until Elliot was um, two and a half. So, yeah, so we waited a while ish. And I was apprehensive about trying, but we got pregnant very quickly, like the second month we tried, almost the first or second month. I honestly, it was very much straight away. There was no waiting. There was no like testing. There was no kind of major tracking or anything like that. We got pregnant very soon after we started trying. So that was wonderful. But I remember like looking at the pregnancy test and just being like, oh shit, like, like this is it now. We're like, we've really got to do this and I've really got to do this. And we actually had had a, we had um, a trip to Bali booked and we were going like two weeks after that. I think I was like six weeks pregnant when we were in Bali. And so I was like, no, like, I can't, like, so selfish. Like, no, I can't have a bintang and I can't, like, have a great time in Bali. Um, And we were going with another family and we were, like, meeting them there. They were coming from New Zealand and we were meeting them there. So they were obviously all very, they were keen to be, like, having some um, adult time and, like, being, you know, having a good time. And I remember getting there and we had all arrived and, um, we all kind of sat down to have a drink and I said, oh, actually, can't have it. Oh, so, yeah, oh. it was, um, well, oh, no. Changed but, the trip a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, did, it did, actually. But I was, um, it was it was still a wonderful trip. Um, yeah. But I did definitely get put off um, sun-dried tomatoes there and I don't know why there were sun-dried tomatoes <laughs> on something there. And just, yeah, I was pretty sick after some meal, but otherwise really really well um and I've always been really well with my pregnancies never really had any major um like morning sickness just the normal um and pregnancies always been really um straightforward so again with Hamish very straightforward and of course the day I found out I was pregnant I um sent the pregnancy pregnancy the positive pregnancy test to my midwife like a picture to my midwife and I was like oh you know can't wait to um, have you as my midwife again so yeah that was wonderful we could have the same midwife again and she was very excited and yeah so we had the private midwife again all was very normal with his pregnancy obviously I was hoping for a girl um, and spoke to my midwife about that and we did the NIPT test to um, 
check obviously for all the genetic stuff but definitely to find out the gender as well and she was really quite beautiful and when she got the test results back she actually made like a little package with almost like a gender reveal for us because when we found out with Elliot it was just at the scan and they were just like I was like oh can you find out like I remember saying to the lady oh can you tell if it's a boy or a girl and she was like yes male and I was like oh okay like very like very impersonal yeah yeah Yeah. and so then when um I told my midwife about that experience I wanted to um have a bit of a nicer experience so I said can you just write it on a piece of paper but she ended up making this beautiful car this beautiful present and it was really great and so we went home and we sat down and we like opened it together um my husband and I and obviously it said boy which I was I kind of deep down knew anyway I think there is always a little bit of a gut feeling and I think I did know it was going to be a boy um but seeing it I was like I knew it um I was definitely upset um and had a a bit of I guess gender disappointment but I soon kind of I don't want to say snapped out of it because I still sometimes think about it, but I soon kind of realized that, you know what, there's people in this world that can't have babies or, you know, they have tragedy with their own children and there's so much sadness around people's babies that I think, you know what, I should just be grateful. I am grateful that I have a healthy, beautiful baby boy and he's coming and um, that's kind of where I where my head was at for, for most of the pregnancy after having a little bit of sadness as well um, or more yeah. coming to terms with like our new life that I didn't quite picture. But yes, it was a wonderful pregnancy. He was big, but the wonderful thing about private midwives is that they don't really share that with you. <laughs> um, they don't talk too much about like how big they are obviously I'm always getting monitored like checked and always measuring and and all of that kind of stuff but there's never much discussion about how big they are um but I knew that he was big because I was big and um yeah but I didn't have any fear around that but he definitely was big and he was around the other way so like uh, I don't breach or no not breach but um not breach. Uh, posterior. Um, but like, yes. So like his, he was mm. facing um, the other spine way. Spine against like, your spine. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what he was. Um, mm. So we kind of, I was having a lot of like what I thought was going into labor, but then it would stop. So a lot of cramping and then um, it would stop. And so then I'd go and see her. Um, and then eventually, oh, then she would do like a stretch and sweep. And I think the first stretch and sweep, she found that like she could tell by the lines on his head that he was around the wrong way and that I then had to do some kind of exercises to potentially try and turn him I think it's called spinning babies mm, um yep. yeah so you I remember those <laughs> yeah, on your hands and knees or sit upside down or all of that anyway it, um nothing it, it didn't do anything and I was still having the, these like every night for about a week yeah, it was hell. Um, I thought that I'd go into labour and about at about like eight o'clock at night, I'd start getting these um, labour pains mm. and then it would then um, subside about midnight. And so then every night I was going through this and I was exhausted and I was cranky and then he was overdue. And then we were talking about like, well, he was, um, yeah, so it was like a few days overdue. And so they kind of have to bring up induction and like, talk about it and um what do you want to do um and so we kind of thought I think I thought in my head like we'll do wait like a week over whereas she's probably happy she would be I think she was happy to go like two weeks but I just wasn't comfortable with that so I think I thought I will go like a week I had two stretch and sweeps and I was about five days over and I was like right we'll just do a couple more days um and then we'll go in for the induction when I'm a week over and then the day that he was the day that I went into labour, um, it was just different. It was just really different. And the cramps, the um, labour pains really started earlier in the day. And about eight o'clock at night, um, I had this one really big contraction. And mum, my mum was actually over from New Zealand and she was like, oh, that was like different. And I was like, yeah, that was. And we we're just sitting down for dinner, you know, <laughs> like, oh, that's sore. Um, and then 
So I was like, okay, well, it's probably just the same thing that's going to happen every night, um, carry on until midnight. But it definitely started ramping up a bit. But I still wasn't quite convinced that it was actual labor. And then I remember calling my midwife because I probably called her every second night. (laughs) And I just remember saying to her like, oh, I think that I'm in labor. And she was like, okay, let's just be on the phone together for a bit. And so then we're on the phone and I had like a couple of contractions with her on the phone. And she was like, no, I think that sounds like you're probably in labor. Like just have a shower and just kind of don't rush, but I'll let the hospital know that, you know, we might come in and, and I'll, she's like, I'll get up and I'll have a shower as well. And, and then I remember, um, so that was probably about 11-ish and I think we ended up going to the hospital about 1 a.m. So I think I must have called her again and then said, right, no, let's go. Um, and we got to the hospital and again, we went to the birth suite. And I think I'd probably thought I'd have another um, water birth, which would be really great. And so we went to the birth um, centre, sorry. And then, yeah, he was actually, we got there about 1 and um I had a lot, a lot, a lot of contractions all in the space of quite a short amount of time. And he was actually born at 4.30. So again, a lot quicker um, birth. Um, and he was around the wrong way. So mm. it was actually st- quite straightforward um, for being sunny side up or whatever they call it, facing <laughs> round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up or whatever it is. Um, he was so bruised all on his oh, forehead really? though. Yeah, and I did tear a little bit, which I didn't mm-hmm. with Elliot. But but he was fine and we were fine and I was okay, yeah. And mm. um, I had a much better postpartum experience with Hamish. I, again, was like experienced. I knew what to do. I knew how to put him on the boob. I knew I was keen on breastfeeding but also knew that it, wasn't really a major issue if I couldn't so I was so much more relaxed and just so much more um, comfortable with everything that was happening and he really was uh, an amazing baby he was big he was four kilos born and so was hungry which was great Mm -hmm. I remember my midwife saying to me like the first night oh he's probably not going to feed too much tonight but like the next night he will but that first night he fed all night long and I was like okay well you didn't tell me this um but yeah he was great and our breastfeeding journey was wonderful I still got mastitis twice so Mm. I'm probably quite prone to mastitis um so got mastitis twice but um he was amazing he honestly was like our redo and I joked about it when I was pregnant but he actually actually was he really was my cure to all of my anxieties and stress that I had around having a baby he just did knew what to do and he was like uh, the best baby um and he was so cuddly and he was just whereas Elliot is cuddly now but never was when he was a baby Mm. um yeah he's just um yeah, he was just a perfect baby. And we breast, I breastfed him until he was six months old, which was kind of my goal and kind of where I was comfortable at. And yeah, he was just, it was just amazing. He slept, he mm. was a finger sucker. So mm. I always say to parents, like if they've got a thumb sucker, like obviously um, people get a bit worried about having a thumb sucker for like dental reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got a finger sucker or a thumb sucker, like, celebrate because they can self-soothe right Mm. from the go so as Mm -hmm. soon as he was unswaddled and he was one of those people kids that would like a houdini that would get his hand out of the swaddle (laughs) and i'm like i've wrapped you so tight and he was he would suck his two fingers um and so because he could do that he was self-settling from right when Mm. he was unswaddled and honestly chelsea i never had to obviously we did have to do a few things just to kind of get um him like perfect in my eyes um (laughs) but he could self-settle right from the start so um in terms of sleep he was kind of like textbook like there's I kind of describe babies like 
they're they're unicorns and they're like textbook babies but Mm -hmm. um, he was like a textbook baby so he did what he was supposed to do when he was supposed to kind of do it or when it was age appropriate to do things so um, yeah he was great he was like that's why I said he was like like my redo Mm, (laughs) Um, so I never had any sleep issues with him but I also wonder if it's because I was a little bit more comfortable and confident around sleep and had the ideas had the information from when I had Elliot um, was a bit more experienced in that kind of sleep department but I still wasn't qualified as a sleep consultant at that stage I have been a veterinary nurse um, for a long time that was kind of what I went to uni for and I actually ended up I was going I was in sales um, pharmaceutical sales while I was pregnant with both children and then went back to that after Hamish as well and in between yeah so I still wasn't a qualified sleep consultant but um having the experience from Elliot and then having I guess like if we talk about how I kind of got into sleep consulting should we talk about that or yeah for sure um let's do it so what kind of happened was and I think for a lot of people during COVID that c word um (laughs) I think there was a lot of people had time to kind of think about what their life was, what they, mm. if what they were doing was right. They had, you know, all this time where they didn't see their families and priorities changed. I feel for me, my priorities changed so much because I couldn't see my family and I knew that, well, that was important to me. Um, I miss my family. Um, so family is absolutely important to me. Um, I always had a passion for sleep and the science around sleep. I really love science because of my background. Um, I had this passion for the science of sleep and a passion for um, parents' mental health um, because I had kind of experienced a lot of like postnatal probably anxiety, but also a lot of anxiety around COVID time, like um, homesickness and just being really anxious around that. And I thought, you know what, I've got, like um, I've got a very supportive husband and I've always wanted to be a sleep consultant and um, I feel like I could do the study while working. This is stupid me. Um, I could study and work and be a parent and, you know, get that qualification and then think about what I want to do with it. But the more I was studying, the more passionate, the more excited I got about it, the more I just had to do it. Um, I wanted to complete the studies and it was taking a long time while I was trying to work and parent as well. So I quit my job, which was pretty um, outrageous, but with the very support, the lot, a lot of support from my husband, oh, um, yeah. I finished the studies and then started my own business Um, Mm -hmm. immediately after finishing because I just needed to share all of the stuff that I have always been passionate about but never really had the qualifications or the real knowledge now I do I just had to share and I wanted to share with anybody anybody that would listen Um, and for me like it's not even about the money like uh, I feel like obviously we need to pay the bills and we need to buy groceries and we need to pay for childcare, but Um, For me, it is really about like parents not being sleep deprived um, and not even about like how much I work, when I work, like I just want to help anybody that wants me to help them. I'm just so, I've always been passionate about it and it's just been so wonderful to be able to have a job that I am so passionate about because, you know, you you work every day of your life and it's wonderful to be able to do a job that you absolutely mm. love and so passionate about. There's, um, there's no, no job quite like it really. It's wonderful. I love, love opening up my computer and looking at my phone, looking at the emails and the messages that I get from my clients. It's just so wonderful. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, seeing that kind of the shift that's happening for them and oh yeah. yeah. Like the change, the life change that you know that I had when I got that sleep consultant. I get mm. to do that every day with my clients. Mm-hmm. I just really that's kind of in some ways it's kind of selfish. Like I um 
probably not, but I, I just, that's what I want. I want them all to succeed. I don't want um, anybody like not being sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody, sorry. I don't want anyone only being sleep deprived. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And I think that lived experience is so important um, in yeah. professions. Like if you've got that, you can really, it drives that passion home for a particular work which is evident for you I believe yeah Yeah. and you know in the end I am a mum and I totally get it and like I totally understand that you know life gets in the way sometimes things happen like kids are rat bags um Mm. but yeah like I think that's ultimately what I do is I help the parents with what they need help with and how it's going to help like how they can succeed and with their values and their family and it's not all about like you've got to like let your baby cry and you know then they'll sleep um it's more about what that person's comfortable with what the plan is what their personal personal family is after as well so yeah mm, yeah yeah that's so great such a re- rewarding thing for you to be doing yeah it really yeah is. yeah great and yeah, I can see that your professional life has, you know, directly changed because of your own experiences with sleep deprivation and in your parenting journey. What other ways has parenting shifted your own sense of self-identity? Mm, I think everything and then almost nothing. <laughs> Is that dumb to mm, say? No, I think, that makes so much a, sense actually. <laughs> yeah. Being a parent, like you just overnight have to become the most selfless person (laughs) Mm -hmm. that exists like I think you are suddenly giving up everything that you knew to then start a whole new life you no longer can you just grab the car keys and walk out of the house Mm. like that has just gone everything that you ever knew is gone but also do you know what I really love and and I think it maybe comes with the kids getting older is that I am myself again I am back to I'm really social love going out and spending time with my girlfriends having date nights um shopping and you know what like I am still that person. I am still able to do all of those things. I'm still Nicole. I just am a parent as well and go out with my girlfriends for dinner, but think, I like whatever's happening tomorrow or is the washing done or what's Mm. for lunch or, you know, did the kids go to bed or whatever, you know, like I can still be this person, but also also Mm. that other person yeah so Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. my whole life changed but also didn't really change too much because I still am that person Mm. just got a couple of (laughs) tag-alongs yes yeah (laughs) so good yeah that's great that you're you're feeling that connection back to your to other parts of yourself as well Yeah. yeah and I think maybe it does just come with the kids getting older yeah Mm. absolutely I think you're still when you've got toddlers and stuff your life really is just hard work and I mean look at don't get me wrong it's very hard with a seven-year-old and four-year-old but um when you have small children they're so much more reliant on you you have to do everything for them right Mm. from wiping their bottom to giving them food (laughs) to getting them in the car you know now at least Mm. I don't have to do that yeah I just have to get them like make sure their lunches are made and they get yeah, picked up on time they can do and the rest of stuff. totally yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah beautiful and how about your relationship with your husband how's that changed since you've become parents together yeah um what we what kind of what we connected on when we first I guess started going out was you know our love for probably food and wine and socializing and traveling and um I think we yeah that's how we really connected 
and probably how we fell in love. Um, sounds so like soppy, but um, that's we have so much in common in that way. And so, you know, when you get married and you think, okay, well, the next step is to have children, like that was really exciting for us. We wanted to do that. Um, now, how does it, how has it changed? <laughs> probably, <laughs> do you know one thing I think about what parents need to do is not think that you can read each other's minds or not Mm. think that they can read your mind and I think when you don't have children like there's nothing to kind of like potentially argue about you know there's I feel like when children come along yeah you probably argue there's things to argue about because there's you know you're tired or there's you know stress for whatever other reasons the kids are like going crazy and I think we always kind of come back and connect by knowing that we can't read each other's minds and to just share that, you know, ultimately we both, I'm probably rambling here, Chelsea. Um, (laughs) I think ultimately we both really like love each other and that really is kind of going to keep us together by just remembering that, um, I don't really know. We're not always going to be on the same side or the same page, Mm. But we still do love each other and we need to like, yeah, uh, I'm probably just rambling. Need to just, I think (laughs) uh, probably what I want to say is like we can't read each other's minds and we need to remind each other that we can't because we probably have been through stages where we thought that we could. Yeah, and that's probably where we didn't like connect as much. And I think now that we Mm. just remind each other that we can't read each other's minds. And do you know what? I would like you to actually take Hamish to daycare to kindy today so I can get this work done, you know, rather than me thinking like that's even what I went through this morning. I'm like, you know what? Like I've actually got a lot on this morning and to take Hamish to kindy and then Elliot to school can you actually just take Hamish? So that just takes one like half an hour stint out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than me just thinking I'll do it all. Yeah. So I think before having children, we probably didn't have a lot to communicate about. Does that make sense? Yes. And yep, now totally. we have to communicate. We have yeah. to communicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And compromise. Yeah. Mm. I think before children, you're just like living your life. You're having a best life. Now we have to communicate, but you know, we still always come back to loving wine, loving food, loving travel. We just have to do all of that with the children Mm -hmm. as well. Mm, yeah <laughs> with the little tag-alongs as you said earlier. yes <laughs> tag-alongs always the tag-alongs always yeah. there <laughs> yeah yes and can you tell yeah. us something that has surprised you the most about parenthood and any ways that becoming a parent's changed any of your preconceived notions about parenting hmm I think I think just that real selflessness that you have to be, you really just have to give up everything before, like if you before them, but then, yeah, I think that real selflessness, you are just always going to be thinking about them. Um, even when you're not, they are always, you're always going to have to think about them. So I think really that's probably what changed me. And and I think, you know, as people that don't like maybe choose to not, no, people that don't have kids or before people have children, let's say, you know, they probably be really selfish. Like obviously people are empathetic and, but, you know, I think we just, like I say, walk out the door with just our keys. You don't have to think about anything. Go and do your job. Come home, cook a dinner mm-hmm. or have eggs. Like it doesn't matter. You just have to be with when you've got children that rely on you solely for everything. Mm. Um, you just have to be so selfless. And it is the hardest job. I think I talk to my friends about it all the time. It is so hard. I'm ready to resign. <laughs> like, mm. I'm done. I'm done now. I need a break. But even if you have a break, you're still not having a break. So it's just yeah. so hard. And I think we just have to really prioritize ourselves sometimes. I think we need to make us as mums a priority because I always think if we're not okay, then they're not okay. And yes, they are going to 
drain every ounce of energy and everything from us, but we will never be able to, I guess, get all of that energy back if we don't just put ourselves first. Um, When I think about like if I'm getting like, okay, I'm feeling really like tired or grumpy or yelly or ragey, I think, Mm. okay, hang on, Nicole, like what is actually missing here? Because the kids aren't like changed. They're always going to be pests. So what, I probably shouldn't say that about my children, but (laughs) I do love them. Um, They're not going to change. They're always going to be needing everything from us. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to do so I can be a better parent? And, you know, most of the time it's like I just probably need to get out and exercise. I need to have a break. I need to schedule in um, Mm. a date night. I need to schedule in babysitters. Um, I need to schedule in a girls' night. Um, I just need a break. I need to schedule in, even if it's not about, like, like leaving the house it's about like having a date night and just like like having a date night at home or you know sometimes I like to like just take 20 minutes when my husband gets home from work and you know what I'm just going to shut the door in our bedroom I'm going to lie in the bed I'm just going to look at my phone and just like look at TikTok or something really lame for 20 minutes <laughs> and then yeah. I'm coming out again and I'll be yeah. back to it just need so, a reset yeah yeah, yeah. so it's very a very selfless job and very very hard job mm-hmm. yeah yep <laughs> totally is you're yeah. they're the center of your universe and they require they require a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, mm. everything especially when they start everything. talking back <laughs> oh god yeah uh, not looking forward to that <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh it's funny it's funny though yeah I'm sure. it's very funny I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah and if you could go back in time and visit your new parent self what kind of advice or words of comfort would you give oh, yourself yeah man that girl was very <laughs> very sad and um, Mm. very anxious and very tired Um, but do you know what I would always say to myself if I do think about that I think um, I will always say almost like nothing there's nothing you can say to a new parent I would say what my sister-in-law said to me is like, get a sleep consultant, get someone to help you, whether it's Mm. sleep, whether it's feeding, whether it's um, your own mental health. Like um, I'm so grateful that my sister-in-law said to me, do you know what? Like you should get a sleep consultant. I'm, Mm. I would say that to Nicole in 2016, who had that three month old baby, that four month old baby that just was not sleeping. I would always say just like get the help, ask for the help, like don't be afraid. I think we all know don't be afraid to ask for help, but like seriously, like don't be afraid, like change is hard, right? Like everyone doesn't want to change what is happening because you think, well, what's going to happen if I change it? But if if I can say one thing to her, 2016 is like don't be afraid to ask for that help get the sleep consultant change Mm. is okay and um yeah it 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 will be better it will be better Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually it's um she was a very sad girl but I'm so glad Mm. that I got the help I did yeah yeah absolutely and yeah it's great that you're able to to put that experience and your passion for it into helping other families now I'm sure that you're a massive help for them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's very, very rewarding. Very rewarding. Yeah. 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 That's what I love about it the most is to really just change those parents' lives. You know, like I get a comment like, oh, you saved our marriage. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm saving yeah. people's marriages. Like um, <laughs> it's kind of um, overwhelming sometimes um, the impact um, some sleep mm, can absolutely. have on your life. Um, there's no need to be um, sleep deprived at all Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and that's one of the biggest things I reckon that you hear from from every new parent is that sleep deprivation or the the difficulties in sleep and how much of a challenge that is so it's definitely a prevalent issue Mm. yeah I think everybody talks about it everybody Mm. will talk about sleep that they're Mm. getting or they're not getting um I think, yeah, every time I do a mother's group or anything, it's like 
everybody can kind of share a shared experience on mm. whether this what their little ones are doing so no one is alone in the struggles of sleep and it really is it really is a science you know it's not necessarily a developmental thing it is um, a learnt behavior um, and linking those sleep cycles is not something that that we can we can put a time limit on or we can say okay like you know when your little one is this age it will link its sleep cycles like it's just it's not a developmental thing it, it needs to be a learnt behavior yeah mm -hmm. so um, yes it's it's all a wonderful wonderful science mm, yeah yeah oh so cool yeah and for anyone who perhaps would like to find you or yeah. um, get a sleep consultant I know that you're based in Brisbane but you also do phone and email yes. consults and things like that where can people find you yes. so I my business is called perfect timing sleep consultant and I'm on Instagram and yes I am based in Brisbane um, but happy to help over the phone um, with any mum that's all over Australia New Zealand the world um, <laughs> wherever you might listen to this um, yeah. I think yeah and you know what I think it, what it starts with is just reaching out and just connecting and just saying hey Nicole like I really just want to talk and I'm happy to talk on the phone I'm not going to charge you yeah if you just want to chat about sleep I will talk about sleep mm. for hours um, <laughs> Yeah, it is just about um, just reaching out and just finding out whether um, my approach to sleep is what suits you and your family. And I'm sure we can figure out what works for everybody. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. 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 yeah awesome. I definitely Wonderful. hang out on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. That's where mm -hmm. I share everything from tips and tricks to recipes to dinner ideas to oh, um, just my life uh, of being a mum of two crazy boys um, so, yeah. Yeah, we camp and we do all sorts of things that I love to share so yeah I am just yeah. a mum that also loves helping parents with sleep yeah I love that that's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, Nicole thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It's been great to chat to you and hear about all your experiences. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you yeah. letting me ramble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not at all. <laughs> We've done well for time-wise. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. See, it was wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. Sharing our stories is such a meaningful way to connect with ourselves and others, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow us on Instagram at definitelybabypodcast for photos of our weekly guests, updates, or to share your own story. I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast, or share with a friend. It really helps us to grow and help other parents feel more supported by these beautiful stories. I'll see you next week for another lovely episode.